Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 274. Hope everyone is doing well. Perhaps you are getting settled in to watch the President's Cup this weekend, or maybe you yourself getting out of the golf course for a game of two, whatever the case may be, glad that you are checking out another episode here at the back of the range. I just got back from Madison, Wisconsin, had a great time at University Ridge Golf Club, which is the home course for the University of Wisconsin men's and women's teams. Very cool facility, fantastic course, really enjoyed hanging out with some of the best teams in the country. Nebraska pulled away at the end to capture the team title, and congrats to their head coach, Gene Sutherland. The 27-year coaching veteran picks up her first win as the head coach of the Lady Huskers. She was the head coach at Texas A&M for 15 years, then spent another 10 at SMU, and now with the Huskers, that's a lot of wisdom and experience. I mean, a quarter century of coaching, I wonder if she'll stop by the back of the range in the near future. You just never know. Just as quickly as I am home in South Florida, yep, you guessed it, I am leaving in a couple days to head back out. This time, just a short trip to Birmingham, Alabama to check on the guys at the SEC match play at the old Overton Club. Really excited about this. Eight teams in the SEC are ranked in the top 25 in the country, so there could be some very exciting matchups to witness at this tournament. As always, follow along on social media. The links are in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow SEC Match Play on Instagram. You'll find a lot of content and interviews there, so go check that out and follow the Back of the Range on Instagram as well. Jumping into this episode pretty quickly, my guest is Neil Shipley. I met Neil at the Palmetto Amateur a couple years ago. He played collegiately at James Madison before transferring this season to The Ohio State University. He picked up his undergrad at JMU and is now working through a graduate program or a doctorate. I I don't know. The guy's really good at golf. He already has like three or four degrees and he's working on a few more. He's really smart, really good at golf. So clearly I was a little outgunned during this conversation, but I, I did my best. Neil captured the West Penn Open and the Pennsylvania State Amateur titles this summer, and we spoke a lot about his start in the game and also the transfer process that led him to the Buckeyes. I know that the transfer portal is a hot topic in collegiate athletics, so I thought that Neil would be the perfect person to break it all down, share his experience, and some first-person insights into this somewhat complicated process at times. Lots of new episodes are about to be released. So again, subscribe in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and go check out that merch store at thebackoftherange.com. Let's get started. Neil, welcome to the Back of the Range. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on, Ben. You got it. Well, last time I saw you was at uh, Frederica Cup and uh, your first your first debut as a Buckeye. We're going to get into just the the trajectory of your collegiate and amateur career you've bounced around just a little bit so um 
but yeah, this first tournament of the season, Frederica, uh, I mean, you're back, you're back in Columbus. You're kind of, you know, getting your feet underneath you on campus. What was your kind of, well, let's start with this. You're putting the ball on the ground for the first time. You're an experienced collegiate golfer, but now you're wearing a different uniform. Nerves? <laughs> um, a little bit. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's a step up in terms of the quality of competition that you're playing, you know. We at James Madison, you know, we occasionally play against, you know, top 25 programs, but, you know, to be at a tournament where there are seven of them is, you know, quite an experience. But, um, you know, the weird thing for me is that I'm wearing red, um, which I've never worn scarlet in my entire life. But in high school, I was navy and gold, which is frowned upon here in Columbus. Uh-huh. And, and, and um, why and why is that, Neil? Why, why is that? Is there a team uh, that wears navy and gold that I'm, I mean, I'm not a sports guy at all. So what's that team that, I mean, is there missing something here? That, that, that team up North, is that the one you're talking about? You're not allowed to even say the word, are you? That you're not even allowed to say it. They already, <laughs> they already drilled that India. You. you can't even say the that word. Okay. All right. I understand. So uh, anyway, navy and gold in, in high school and, and kind of, are we, is it, Purple at James Madison? I'm, or there's got to be a fancier name than purple, right? Yeah, purple and gold, the uh, Duke Dogs. Okay, there you go. So now you're wearing scarlet, and you're just basically you're. It's just a little different. It, it, it yeah, it is. It's cool though. You know, I'm really enjoying the opportunity to be at a world class university with. Not that James Madison wasn't, but uh, at a just around a lot of great people with a lot of great support and. Um, it was a great first experience at Frederica. You know, I couldn't imagine a better place to start off my career as a Buckeye. You know, it's a beautiful club and, you know, they loved having us down there and it was just, uh, just a really quality event. Yeah, that was, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. That was uh, pretty interesting, but you are a, you're a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, you are a Pittsburgh guy. I know that last year the USAM at Oakmont must've been, well, we'll actually, I'll ask you about that qualifier to get into that because that that had to have been one of the more challenging qualifiers you ever had to play in. But talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit. There's so much golf in the Pennsylvania area. I have not spent a whole lot of time up there. But, uh, you know, you went to Central Catholic. Talk to me a little bit about just, you know, the junior golf experience in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, just how you got into the game. You know, for people that may not know that area very well, other than knowing Oakmont and, and Latrobe and Arnold Palmer, maybe you talk to me a little bit about just the the, the vibe and, and the culture of, you know, junior golf in that area. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I I got my start out. You know, my family really doesn't play a whole lot of golf, and I started playing out on uh, the Mount Lebanon Municipal Golf Course. That was where I got my start on golf. Uni guy, yes. Yeah, and when, when I first uh, – when I started – to really take a liking to golf and want to get serious about it. My family joined uh, St. Clair country club uh, just South of where I am South of Pittsburgh. And um, it's a top 25 in the state, beautiful course, great facilities. And my parents really supported me that way by, you know, making that sacrifice and financial um, investments, you know, it's in my dreams. And, um, but, you know, so we've got a great course down there, but, you know, golf, junior golf around Pittsburgh is phenomenal. We've had, you know, my graduating class of 2019 we had you know six or i think six or seven guys go division one i mean we have palmer jackson who won um the jones cup uh this past year you know at notre dame we have uh pat kelly who's also at notre dame we got jimmy myers at penn state you know myself um you have a few guys who've one guy down at high point gregor meyer you know so i had a lot of great competition you know around the area and it was just like uh 
I'm sure I'm forgetting two or three names too, because there's just a lot of good players around. I mean, there's um, uh, Tanner. I can't even pronounce his last name. He's at Finley, Ohio. He had a great summer. Finished second in the state open. You know, so it's just great competition all around. I'm looking at a picture of uh, St. Clair. This place looks incredible. Um, this looks, I mean, it definitely has a little bit of a country club look to it. I'm just looking at, at some pictures and of the clubhouse and things like that. But this looks like a place where you could really get a feel for the game. And I'm guessing the, the instruction and the, just the junior program there had to have been phenomenal. Yeah, it was It was really great. You know, the, the head pro when I was younger was a really good uh, – Really good teacher. Um, we had a longtime head pro there, Phil Newcamp. Um, he's still around and has helped me out occasionally. And now our current head pro, Jay Mall, uh, he takes a look at my swing. He was at, before coming to St. Clair, he was at uh, Trump Charlotte and worked pretty closely with Martin Laird on the tour. Um, so, you know, it's I've had great people around me and been we've had really good players too. I mean, we have, um, you know, two two guys from our club right now are playing Division One golf. One's at Radford University, Nate Pyatt. There's another up at Wisconsin, Carter McCarron. He caddied for uh, Austin Greaser in the USAM uh, at Oakmont. So, you know, it's been cool to kind of be around guys like that. And um, you know, we have a few guys on the mini tour as well who are out there. And it's, you know, we have great greens. They're usually run 13 to 14 on the stem most oh, days. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, which is for Pittsburgh is pretty normal. Um Around Pittsburgh, um, a lot of people like to say that every golf course has Oakmont-itis. Uh -huh. you know, Oak Oakmont screens are, you know, I caddy out there and their greens are 14, 15 pretty much every day. Uh, when it's, as long as it's not like scorching hot and every golf club around needs greens that quick because, you know, you have greens just as quick as Oakmont. And um, so I'm kind of fortunate I play on slick greens. So, slick it's, a, greens all yes. the time. so it's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses uh, as, in that regard where it's like everyone knows Oakmont. We got to keep it somewhat close and, com you know, somewhat competitive to their greens. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of, um, you know, it turns a lot of these golf courses that, like, you know, that people haven't heard of and they're so good and so pure. And it's just, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, it's a little bit cooler climate. You know, with yeah. this time when it's in the fall, it's just phenomenal. The golf course is getting great shape. So caddying at Oakmont, that could be a whole other episode of getting into that because it sounds like, I mean, people listening to that, they're saying, okay, this sounds cool. He gets to play at Oakmont whenever he wants to, and he's caddying for for these members that have just like low handicaps and every round it could be a potential special round. But I'm also thinking that there are times where members will bring guests out to Oakmont just so they can say they played Oakmont and get their shirt in the pro shop. And, and, but I'm guessing that there have been some situations where you're like, Oh my God, this day's not going to end. And this guy probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. So the club, um, for the members, when they do want to bring out golfers that may not be as experienced, they have this thing called member Mondays where the members can bring a big party of people. And, sure. um, usually those days end up being very long. Uh, <laughs> Boy, you are a company man right now. You're like, yeah, those days can be challenging. <laughs> but, um, you know, during, uh, during normal play of the week, you know, the members, it's all about pace of play. They really like are respectful of people's time on the golf course. And usually you're in and out in four hours pretty much. So, all right. So we're, we're, we're skipping around a little bit, but we kind of do that here at the back of the range. So you qualified 
for the U.S. Amateur last year at Oakmont, and then the Stroke Play Companion was at Longview. Um, mm-hmm. You've played a lot of qualifiers. You've played in the you know Pennsylvania Golf Association and West Penn. I mean, you've played in USGA. You've done it all. That qualifier, knowing that the U.S. Amateur is at Oakmont and you caddy there, and it's basically the hometown club for you, um, any more pressure? Have you felt any more pressure at any other qualifier than that? Um, de- definitely not. Like, you know, usually you go into a qualifier and it's like, if I have it today, you know, that's great. I'll get through. And, you know, if I don't, it's kind of whatever. But like that call, that date was marked on my calendar oh. for months. And, you know, that was like the, you know, when you Tiger talked about, yeah, I, I really prepared for the majors. That was my major that, uh, that summer. And, um, you know, I got down, I've played, uh, uh, the scholar course a few times before I came out there, you know, I, I wasn't a Buckeye at the time, so it wasn't my home course yet. And, um, I just, I worked really hard and I played great that day and just grinded the whole day. And, you know, funny enough, my, I played with my current teammate, Jackson Chandler that same day and we both got through to Oakmont and, um, it was, uh, as a cool thing because, you know, now we're teammates and we get to share, we got to share that experience. I know I, I mean, I've done over 250 episodes and I know I've recycled and asked this question numerous times, but it seems like I always uncover just a little nugget like this where, or just, just finds in someone's playing history, competitive history, they want something so bad. They have to perform that one day. How do you get out of your own way and just play golf? And I'm always fascinated to hear the, the answer to that. So thinking back to that qualifier, it's 36 holes you gotta deliver because you know you know ninth place doesn't mean anything, and this is Oakmont, and this is your home place, and the reception you're gonna get by qualifying there with everyone that knows you there. How do you think you got out of your own way and performed that day? Um, you know, for me, you know, I always like to just try to take it one step at a time. You know, if you know, like of course, you know, all summer, and I'm you know kind of working up to that qualifier in July, but you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, let's just, when I get there, it's like, let's try to just take it one shot at a time. You know, you know where to put the golf ball for these pin locations. So just, you know, plot your way around the golf course. And at Scarlet, you know, you don't need to shoot nine under at Scarlet. I mean, that'd be a career round if you did that. Um, You know, around there for US Amateur qualifying, a lot of times, you know, one under, two under gets through. Um, I think I ended up shooting three under and got getting through. Um, so it's just, you know, I just know I need to play solid golf and the rest of the, you know, rest would take care of itself if I did that. Yeah. Well, you, you went on to James Madison and we'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously that was, uh, you played there for three years before heading over to Ohio state, but, um, can't skip past just, you know, I'm looking at just kind of your, your, you know, junior golf and high school golf statistics. Not a lot of people get to say they were part of a state championship team that was the first in program history. So mm-hmm. you did that at Central Catholic, did it twice actually. And mm-hmm. early on, that has to be a really cool experience to be that young and do something that historic for, for a school. Um, do you still keep in touch with any of your high school teammates? Uh, my high school teammates are some of my best friends still. I talk to them a lot all the time, especially the four that were in my graduating class. Um, I still see a lot of my teammates, you know, that 2016 team, that was the first to win. It was kind of a big surprise to us because we, and we kind of went into the state championship, not really knowing if we're going to win. We we knew we had a lot of good players, but it's kind of a, will everybody show up today type of thing. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, that was the most, winning that tournament was, like, one of the most exhilarating, like, golf tournaments of my life career. It was just so much fun to do that. And, you know, Central Catholic's a school where, you know, Dan, Dan Marino went to high school, you know, we're at, at Central Catholic, and we have a bunch of other great, you know, NFL names and, you know, a lot of uh, athletic history. And to kind of put my stamp on that is just really cool. That's very cool to do that at such a young age. And, all, and like I said, that's, I mean, first in program history where athletics are just so important in that in Pittsburgh area. That's, you'll always have that. So you go to James Madison, talk to me a little bit about the recruiting process and what you were kind of looking for uh, going into college. I I know what you got, you got your degree in at James Madison and, and clearly I am not, I rarely am the smartest person on these interviews. So it's, it's really good to, to know that for sure uh, you're, you're carrying more degrees than I am, but um, James Madison, how did you find yourself uh, heading there for college golf? Yeah. Well, and you know, for my junior career, you know, I played pretty well in a lot of the local stuff. I, I won the West Penn junior, you know, played well in a lot of high school stuff, but I didn't, you know, played a lot, really well in a lot of the am- local amateur stuff too, but didn't really, you know, catch that, you know, uh, junior golf spotlight, you know, around the country. And so, you know, I found myself kind of, you know, having to drive my own bus and I wasn't one of these super highly recruited kids, but JMU was one of the first schools that contacted me and, you know, had a few other options on the table. But, you know, when I was looking at JMU, you know, you're talking about an athletics program that really cares about their student athletes, you know, in a school environment where, you know, you as an individual really matter. Um, and then uh, it's also, I thought it'd be an academic place where I'd be able to go there and do well academically and also perform on the golf course. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to be going to an Ivy league school where I was going to have to be in the library all the time. I was going to be able to do well in the school, you know, do well with school and just really, you know, focus it a lot on golf and get better. So you, you spend your time there. You, you've already tra- you've transferred obviously to Ohio state, but you've already graduated with a degree from James Madison. What is your degree in? So I got my degree in quantitative finance and I had minors in math and economics. All right. Um, So there's that. So two minors (laughs) and a major, and then now your, your graduate program that you're going into at Ohio state is sociology, right? (laughs) No, no. uh, no, I'm so I'm studying. Uh, the, the program's name is uh, the Specialized Masters in uh, Business Analytics. So it's a really fun program. We're working a lot with big data and uh, really enjoying it so far. Okay. Um, so so Neil, uh, just just how smart are you? Uh, we're we're, <laughs> we're uncovering different things here in this episode. Um, I, I mean, are you? Is there something coming up? Like, you know, are you going to work for Google or uh, Apple? Is there an app you're going to invent? Or or maybe you can help with like the Instagram logarithm to get the back of the range bigger. Is, is there anything there? And what can you do? What can you do actually? Um, You know what? I'm, you know, I'm really good at hitting a white ball around a golf course. And that's what I plan to do for a little while longer um, okay. right now. <laughs> All right. That's, that's good. All right. So this is just, just in case you, you know, things go belly up and you need four or five degrees to get by, you're all set is what you're saying. Yeah. I I think I got the degree uh, side of things handled right now. All right. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. Bet your, bet your parents love that. They are, they are quite happy with me. And uh, 
they, 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 uh, I don't think they're too worried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you don't seem like a guy, I mean, you got, you know, three, four degrees. I mean, we've lost count already. I don't think that you're a guy that really gets into too much trouble. So I guess that leads me perfectly to the next question. Talk to me about what the 2404 was at James Madison. The 2404? The yeah. Yeah, that yeah, the, the house you guys had at James Madison. Oh, two four oh four. Oh, gosh, yeah. So two four oh four Echo Mountain Road. That was uh, that was a crazy house with all the uh, <laughs> lot of lot of the, lot of business analytics going on there late at night of the yeah, weekends is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, that a lot. Yeah, my I did not live in that house. Oh, um, here now here we go. Okay, but uh, that that so we in that house we had my teammate from England, George Heath. We had my two teammates from Spain, Ignacio de Pineda and Nacho Montero, and my teammate from Switzerland, Nick Schlickenreiter, who's still at JMU, and a lot of good memories there. It's, it's a fun house. We'd hang out there a lot, do watch a lot of football, a lot of Formula One, a lot of soccer. Um, a lot of good times with the boys there. That's a, that's a great answer for a still existing collegiate athlete that's trying to maintain eligibility. Love it. Love what you're doing there. It's, that makes sense. Um, well, I'm glad that we're um, having on the podcast for, for many reasons, but one is I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the transfer portal and the process of you moving from James Madison over to Ohio State. It seems like this is kind of, this isn't going away. I mean, this is something that is in existence for, for college athletes to, to change programs. I think maybe from the outside looking in, people may think, oh, this is just free agency. This is just like the pros that, you know, a player decides there's greener grass elsewhere. They make a jump or a coach tells him to go run a lap. And he's like, nope, don't want to do that. I'm going to go to a different school. So um, I, I want to maybe, and obviously your situation is going to be maybe somewhat similar to others, but it'll be different in many regards as well. So I guess just for maybe educational purposes and to share your experience, can you talk about the start of the process of you saying, okay, I have my degree at JMU. Um, you know, is it, are there other options? What am I looking at? When did this kind of start to take shape? Yeah. Well, um, you know, to get into that, I'm probably gonna have to back up to my freshman year in college. Yeah. Um, you know, my, you know, I came into college with a lot of AP credits. Um, you know, I had, you know, I think is something around in the, in the neighborhood of 28 credits coming out of high school. So, you know, a little bit less than a full year, um, full time. Um, but, you know, so I had planned originally to try to get done with all my, you know, actual, you know, degree work in three and a half years. And then use that last semester of JMU to just kind of have time to practice golf and, you know, prepare before I turn pro. And then, you know, COVID happened and that kind of changed everything because I got the extra year of eligibility, you know, and then I found out, you know, I took a few summer classes, found out I could get done in three. And, you know, I figured, man, I'll try and get some grad school done. And, you know, when I was looking around at James Madison and looking through all the grad programs and seeing if there's something that really fit my interest and what I wanted to be doing, if golf didn't work out, you know, they really, they didn't have a perfect fit there. Um, so I sat down, um, the, that summer, uh, when I qualified for, uh, the USAM at Oakmont, I think that was 2021. 20, um, I just really, um, you know, I told him that there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, programs that interest me and is really respectful. You're talking about your coach. I'm sorry. You're talking about your coach. You, you told 
yeah, I told my coach that, you know, in the summer and told him, you know, like I'm thinking about transferring for this reason. And it's really a uh, respectful kind of conversation. And, you know, I think we both, you know, it was really good uh, for both parties. And he respected that I wanted to be somewhere that was going to be challenging me academically in all aspects. So basically you get to this point where you, you know, COVID happens, you're able to graduate or get that the degree a little bit earlier. And then how do you, I mean, is it literally just throw your name in the portal and Ohio state reaches out or how, how does that maybe explain how that whole process works? Yeah. Yeah. So with that process, you know, there are a lot of schools that email you initially. Um, you know, I know you alluded to being free agency earlier and honestly, that's, I kind of did feel like a free agent because I got bombarded with probably 130 emails within the first two weeks. Good God. I mean, you're a good player, but let's just calm down, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, so 120, I mean, you got to feel like the flavor of the week at that point, right? It, it was, yeah, it's crazy. Cause you know, at, you know, you start taking on all these calls from a lot of programs and you know, it's, you get a, you know, it's, and it's a different type of recruiting than, you know, whenever you're a junior golfer, because coaches know that you're know, 21, you know, I'm a more mature kid and things like flashy golf bags and flashy uniforms aren't, aren't the priority. You know, I'm there cause I want to play good golf and get a, another degree. And um, so, but, you know, I ended up reaching out to a lot of these, a lot of schools and Ohio state was one of them. And, um, coming full circle when I played U.S. Amateur with Jackson Chandler, I, I sent him a text and said, hey, you know, I asked him, you know, how was your experience at Ohio State so far? You know, I'm in the transfer portal and, you know, just kind of looking at my options. And, you know, he said that it was awesome and that, you know, he that, you know, he would definitely recommend me reaching out to coach and it ended up working out. So, and I'm guessing talking about that recruiting process, yeah, when you're, when you're, you know, still in high school, they kind of have to sell you a little bit more and, and kind of feel you out a little bit. I'm guessing that with, when the portal, cause you got to remember too, these coaches are working against the clock as well. Every day they don't fill a spot on their team is another day that other coaches all over the country are looking at the same portal. So what, I mean, a lot of these people reaching out, these coaches that had to been like, Hey, do you have any desire? Yes or no. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, a lot of it was that, you know, you, a lot of times you get an initial call and it'd be, you know, they tell you what the program's about, you know, what they're about. They ask you a few questions and kind of figure out if you're the type of player or match that they're looking to. But, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the times, you know, the offers that I got from some other schools, they'd come in, you know, 24 to 48 hours after that first call. Wow. Wow, that is, I mean, it, and, and, and and there's probably ones that you just kind of wipe off, like, you know, not to, I mean, just randomly throwing it out there. I'm guessing being a Pittsburgh guy, let's just say hypothetically, um, you know, uh, Washington State calls, you know, Washington or Washington State calls, you're probably not going just because it's so far away from home. I mean, I mean, stuff like that, you're probably scratching off pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, depending, I, I definitely heard out a lot of schools, probably heard out a few more schools than I should have. Okay. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to give everyone their say and sure. try to, you know, find the best fit for me. But there, there were definitely you know, a lot of Division two schools reached out and, you know, those were immediately washes for me, things like that. But, right. you know, gave a lot of Division one coaches my time and because, you know, if they're interested, I felt like, you know, and they're reaching out to me. I felt like, you know, I, you know, <laughs> that that effort deserved my respect and you know my at least 20 or 30 minutes of time 
You know, the other thing also, you get to Ohio State and, you know, people are, I, I, and yeah, there's that fun part where everyone wants you and you get these emails, these calls, but then you have to actually make that decision and jump in and you pick your grad program and you get in and you're on this team. And of course you have, you know, Jackson Chandler, you're a familiar face on the team, but this is a very, this is a strong squad. Max Moldovan, obviously, um, you know, one thing that maybe some people don't understand is you now go into a team, you obviously want to be in the starting lineup and you have to try and qualify at the course that they're incredibly familiar with since they've been there for a little while. Now, I know you had the history of getting into the USAM there at Scarlet, but still, I mean, how has it been to kind of acclimate yourself to a brand new program? Um, Yeah, it's definitely had a, its challenges, you know, like like qualifying and things like that. I had to figure out the Scarlet and Gray course. Like I've never played the Gray course before and you know, we had our, my second round ever out there was in qualifying and it's trying to figure out where you can miss. Cause you have a lot of these wet, like little wet shots. It's like, okay, where should I lay back here and give myself more of a full shot into this pin? Or, and there's all these little tidbits of knowledge that all these other guys know. And there's a few blind shots and just kind of had to figure out as, as it went. But, you know, at, on Scarlet, same deal, you know, I know it somewhat well, but you know, Certain guys will know on, you know, hole three, if the pin's left, you can blow it 90 yards right and be fine and shit, you know, hit a punch shot under the trees and run up to the green. It's like little things like that I've had to really pick up quickly. Well, it's, uh, you're clearly going into the season as, is you know, really on form. And you had this fantastic summer where you pick up the, you're the, you're the Pennsylvania state amateur champion. You're the West Penn open champion, you know, you know, knocked off some pros at, at, uh, Lanark. um, Actually, I'm sorry, Lanark's where you won the state amateur. But you also Monday qualified. I think, man, I saw you at the Western, and you 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 Monday qualified into the Western amateur. And I just remember you saying something about uh, at Exmoor, you're like, hey, I'm kind of playing with house money right now, and I'm kind of on a roll. You had a great finish at Palmetto, top, you know, third place there. Um. This, is this probably one of the best runs you've been on as of as of late? I mean, this really seems like if there's a time for you to catch fire going into play Division One, uh, you know, high level at Ohio State, this is the time to do it. Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, I've made um, a lot of progress in my game. Um, I think especially on the ball striking side of things. Um, I've always been a really good putter, really good with the short game and wedges, but a lot of times, you know, I'm having to bail myself too out out too often. Um, because, you know, my long irons of driving isn't hasn't been up to par, but I've kind of really got that in check this summer. And, you know, I've been really happy with how I'm playing. And, you know, I feel like when I'm playing and winning these events, I'm just playing really consistent golf. Um, I think in one interview with the, at the State AM, I described myself playing grandpa golf because I'm just, I felt like I'm just hitting it out in front of myself all the time and just finding it, hitting it again and, and just kind of putting a score together that way. Uh, it's it's kind of a consistent message I get from the you know, a lot of great amateurs that I talk to. It's just if you can keep it as simple as possible and just hit fairways and put it in the middle of the green and try and roll in a couple putts, and all of a sudden you sign for a sixty-eight or a sixty-nine, and yeah, that's kind of how it happens. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. That's how it's, I felt like that's how it happened at the Western too. You know, when I had a great first round, I didn't feel like I did anything that special, but all of a sudden, you know, I hit most of my greens didn't miss anywhere too terribly and rolled in a few putts and all of a sudden I shot four under and was T third after the first day and I was, I was pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's that's not a bad way to 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 kind of wrap up your summer, especially at a, at a Western Amateur. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about just you know this last tournament. You're at Frederica. The uh, actually, I think it's now called the Frederica 500 at Frederica International Speedway because <laughs> everyone is racing around that place. I mean, Vanderbilt wins at 69 under, and the the mind boggling thing about that is they only beat Oklahoma by three. Uh, which is just, yeah, it's not just Vanderbilt went nuclear. The, everyone was kind of going nuclear and, and, you know, you had a top 25 finish, but, and we, you know, we talked about this, you're not a stranger to being around all Americans from, from major D one golf schools, but you know, this is the first tournament where maybe you're getting a closer look at some of these other teams. Is there a massive difference from maybe some of the tournaments you've played in a James Madison, just the, the vibe and, and just the, the energy as opposed to something like this that you saw at Frederica? Yeah, the biggest difference for me when I saw is that, you know, like the depth of teams is so different. Um, at James Madison, you know, there's every team has a really good number one player, and most of them have really solid twos and threes as well. But then, you know, the four and five, you know, if they show up, your team's going to have a really good week. And if they don't, then you're going to be finishing middle of the pack. But, you know, out here, one through five, every team is really solid. And so, you know, to win as a team, everyone's got to, you know, play really good team golf, and you know, put in some really slow rounds. And yeah, Frederica, it's, you know, just, it's a really long golf course. It's really open off the tee, but, you know, it's pretty clear, like ball striking these guys out here is, you know, you know, the guys who are shooting, I think the winner might've been like 19 under or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's to, you gotta be ball striking your way around the golf course like that. Cause there's, you have so many shots from, 150 to 200 yards into these greens. Yeah, I uh, I was pretty impressed with everything that I saw out there, especially just the, the course and and the club and just how they, you know, it's a very it's a it's a rather private club that they kind of opened up to you and uh, and and not just you but obviously every everyone there. And I'm looking at <laughs> you want to talk about making a jump. I mean, I'm sure you have figured out that your schedule uh, of tournaments this year just a little bit different um (laughs) let's see just to make all the listeners a little bit upset that don't get to play places like this your next tournament's at inverness club then you're going to some place in the hamptons called maidstone which i'm kidding it's pretty phenomenal then you're out in carmel california puerto rico Uh, i'll be seeing you guys a little bit in in south carolina at colleton river let's go to see i mean uh, Valspar, Calusa Pines, get out of here. I mean, when you saw this schedule, are you just thinking to yourself, I, I, I mean, maybe maybe you just need to work on a, like a doctorate and just stay in school for as long as possible. <laughs> when you look at this and you're like, Coach, are you serious? Like Coach Mosley, like really? I, really? Yeah, I, honestly, Ben, the biggest worry for me is the uh, is my bank account after going through those pro shops. Oh, we'll just expense that. Expense that to Coach Mo. No, don't do that. I, I want to get you kicked <laughs> off. The- yeah. Well, that's well. Here's what you do. You do what I do with all the tournaments that I go to. Don't get shirts. Get the little fifteen dollar, ten dollar, really really nice ball marker, and then get a collection of those because you can throw it in your suitcase, and and you got you got a memory. I know that sounds boring. That sounds like what an old guy does. But anyway, that's what I do. <laughs> Not a bad idea. I, I think my the I was considering hire hiring a financial advisor for the pro shops. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that's, I think I don't need one anymore. I really appreciate that. Ben. I'm trying to, yes, yes. I'm, I'm giving you an allowance. Thank you for making me feel older than I already do. So, but when you look at this schedule, you're thinking, okay, I have landed in 
a spot where I get to play these sick tracks all year long and compete uh, against the best competition in the country. And then, you know, I'll, by the way, you're going to have a chance, obviously, as, as regionals and Big Ten Conference comes along. Um, how, uh, how has it been just kind of acclimating with the guys in the team? I mean, you know, you got Moldovan, you got uh, Chandler, you got Tarkin, you got, you got a nice, nice group there. How have they kind of accepted you um, as, as the transfer coming in? Um, you know, it's been, it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time, you know, football coaches throw around the whole, like, oh, you know, our team's a family thing, but you know, from my experience, you know, you don't hear that as much, you know, around golf teams, you know, especially it being an individual sport, but you know, I've really found that around, you know, our team here, it's just such a family atmosphere and, you know, it's really, you know, then they, you know, accept me with open arms, you know, it's been phenomenal i feel like you know right away i felt like i was one of the boys you know it was you know not even uh it was just awesome it's been it's been great to be around them so far and uh, i'm just really pumped to be with this team for the next you know two years have uh have you beaten moldovan yet in qualifying and you can remember this is a recorded podcast that goes out to the world so <laughs> have you beaten moldovan yet on his home course i've beaten i've beaten him in individual rounds okay. um I did not beat him. He beat, he edged me by two, uh, this past qualifying, which was absolutely brutal. Um, uh, you know, I'm really nipping, nipping at his heels though. So he's, he's, he better keep playing well. Qualifiers are, that's like one thing. I don't know why I keep harping on it, but I just find it fascinating. Everyone just thinks that, you know, qualifying for the starting lineup is just, you know, no problem. I mean, I'm hearing from, from other teams. I think, uh, Georgia, I talked to them a little bit at Frederica and obviously Vanderbilt and just, you know, every team getting into that starting five is not guaranteed. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. we are probably like eight guys deep um, this year, eight or nine, you know, we have, you know, we have a lot of kids that, you know, and when I say nine deep, I'm saying like, you know, we have nine guys that are like, could be playing that three spot. Like they are like oh, really God. solid. And it's, it's like, it's brutal. Um, you know, it's just kind of about who shows up that week. And if you want to be playing in the lineup, you got to show up each week. And, you know, it's, it's definitely brutal. Um, if you're the new guy like me, or if you're a freshman and just getting acclimating to college golf and all that, but in the long run, that's, that's what really makes you better in the long run. Cause you know, when you're out on tour, you are know, trying to make it on the tours, you got to earn your spot there. And, you know, so trying to earn your spot every day, you know, starting now in college is a good way to prepare for that. I know a lot of kids going into, uh, you know, going into a freshman season or getting recruited, they're looking at a place where, you know, where can they play? Um, you know, someone may transfer out of a school if they realize like, look, you know, I, I want to play college golf. You know, I'm not even thinking about a pro career, but you know, I, I, the only way I can make it to the pro if I get some reps and right now I'm, I'm stuck as the seven guy. So I, I got to get out of here. And then, but again, trying to go in as a freshman, you know, all right, am I going to play at this school? Was that ever a concern for you when you transferred to Ohio state as like, okay, I want to, obviously I'm going for academics as well, but I need to go someplace where I can, I can play. Was that ever a concern or, or how did you kind of treat that? Um, you know, that was actually a really, you know, that's part of the, what made my decision so difficult. Um, you know, I had a few other opportunities in the big 10 and a few others down South and, you know, some of those opportunities, you know, I was basically, uh, if I show up, I'm probably going to make the squad and travel and we're going to have a really solid schedule just like I have here. And a lot of the same perks from the athletic department. Um, 
But uh, part of it was for me this time around, you know, I think if you're a freshman, you know, coming into school, you want to go somewhere you can play. But me being a transfer and, you know, trying to figure out if I want to play college, you know, play professional golf, there's no better way to do that than go to the place where they're got the best team, the best players. And, you know, if if I can't come come to Ohio State and play on this team, then I probably, you know, not going to be able to go play college golf or professional golf, you know. But if I can come here and play with guys like Max, you know, who's a world-class player and, you know, everyone else on the squad and beat them, then, you know, I, I should be able to go out and beat, you know, just about anyone out there. Yep. No, it's a, it's a great point. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you basically brought up exactly where I was driving at. If you, if you want to play professional golf and you can't beat the guys on your team or you can't beat a good majority of the guys at the tournaments, well, what do you think is going to happen when you get out to a corn ferry tour or a Canada or wherever, where you got killers just waiting for you that have been doing it for two, three, four years that are, you know, grown ass men that, that are doing it for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's so many good golfers out there and, you know, you gotta, you know, as part of my you know, big part of my decision, um, you know, part of my decision about going to JMU was that too, is, you know, I've thought I'd be able to play there, but I knew it'd be, cha- you know, we had a lot of good players and it'd still be a challenge for me to make the lineup there, you know, out of high school when I, you know, maybe wasn't as good of a player as I am now. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Longview. So, so we're talking about, we're talking about the, the t- 2021 U.S. Amateur. And this is my first time really spending a lot of time in the Pittsburgh area. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Oakmont historic place. And that's, I think that course, I think got a lot of the attention, I have to ask about Longview because I went out there for a day. That was the stroke play uh, companion course. You've played out there many times. Is that more so the norm? Is there, I mean, just so many elevation changes with, with, with Longview. What is your take on Longview and maybe some of the other courses in the area that, uh, you know, what don't I know about that area? Yeah. So, you know, Longview, I think it has a lot of elevation change and, you know, it has obviously the great views um, down the, uh, that is the, the Allegheny river. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome golf course. It's super pure, but like, that's, you know, it's, I don't want to, it's a great golf course, but you know, it's like, there's like seven or eight courses probably in the area that are in the conversation for being just as good or if not better than it. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of flat golf courses in Pittsburgh. I mean, there's a lot of T balls out there that, you know, you're going to, they're going to be in the air for a long time. You know, just like, you know, you think of number four on Longview, that part five, that's kind of a little dog leg left. I think it plays 43 yards downhill. Um, you'll get a few of those at a lot of golf courses, um, you know, around. So it's, it's cool. It's a different type of golf. Um, you know, you you can kind of play with the slopes a bit more, you know, yeah, I get used to playing with balls in the fairway that are, you know, at your knee height and things like that with all the slopes on the fairways. Um, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accustomed to just being from Pittsburgh because we get that a lot, you know, Western PA golf is pretty difficult because we have to deal with stuff like that and long rough and quick greens with the Oakmont itis around town. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's, um, you know, when I think about Longview, you know, I put that up there in the categories, you know, Fox Chapel golf club, you know, Pittsburgh field club, which had was the other companion course, I think in 2001, um, you have Allegheny Country Club, St. Clair Country Club. You have, um, I mean, gosh, I mean, there's just, uh, you have Laurel Valley, which is another top hundred in the area. You know, it's just, there's so much good golf around and it's just 
I think it's very underrated and I'm very spoiled that I get to play a lot of these amazing golf courses all the time. Yeah, I, I would, I'm glad you brought up just the, the quickness of the greens and just, I'm guessing if you can be comfortable on those kind of greens and then the rough and just the different, I mean, that, that has to help out your game. Your game travels is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, when you're at tournaments like the Western and the greens are really quick, you know, I feel, I feel really comfortable on greens like that because that's a lot of the speed that I play all the time, you know? So when you have long putts out there, you know, I feel like a lot of times if you're near the greens that quickly hitting like your 60 and 70 footers close to the hole becomes pretty difficult. But since I'm on greens like that a lot, it's, you know, I started to, you know, kind of get used to it. And also when greens are that, you know, are that fast and they get a little bit soft, you hit full shots in the greens, you could spin it back 10 yards. So it's really forced me to learn how to hit, you know, three quarter shots and like half shots with, you know, if I'm trying to hit it 140 yards, just, you know, kind of just chip an eight iron out there and, you know, so it doesn't spin and it just hits where it lands. So I've really learned how to hit those type of shots and it's helped me, you know, travel when I'm playing in a lot of wind, you know, down in Florida or anywhere on the coast, you know, it's, it's been really helpful to me. Any places where you're not comfortable? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, when you're playing golf, you know, I've played Lynx golf, you know, out, I played out to British Amber qualifier this year. And at the end of the day, you know, that's as far away from normal as, you know, like, you know, it's just so, such a different type of golf out there playing true links. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you're, you're still just, it's just golf, you know, it's about getting the ball in the hole and, you know, it's, you know, it's a different challenge, but it, you know, it's just as fun, you know, wherever you're at. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about your journey, Neil. I, I want to get you out of here on, on just this one last topic because, you know, yeah, you have the, the academics that you're going to take advantage of at, at the Ohio state. we got to make sure we say the Ohio state university and obviously this great college golf experience you're about to embark on. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Football is a kind of a big deal there. So have you have you gone to a, a football game just to take it in, just to see what it's all about? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I was able to go to the Notre Dame game two weeks ago, and um, you know, I, it was a big treat. I had a lot of my family there in town um, who happened to be Notre Dame grads and Notre Dame Notre Dame uh, students. So oh, I no. had oh, probably. No six I, I think i had about like um yeah six or so cousins you know nerding grads from the family in town and then i had we have about uh three or four more uh you know around uh around the country that were all rooting against me and asking me you know where uh who i was rooting for because I, I grew up a Notre Dame fan because my mom went there and um you know they all everyone's at saying i'm rooting for the wrong team rooting for Ohio state this weekend but um you know unfortunately they you know, things didn't go how they wanted, but fortunately for me, they went how I wanted. And it was a good football game, and it was nice to have everybody in town for my first OSU experience. And you're just wearing a bunch of scarlet, and just you're not even shy about it, are you? Uh, not at all. I, you know, I snuck up to the Notre Dame student section to visit some of my friends, and I was the only person there in uh -huh. scarlet. And I was, uh, I, I, quite the hostile uh experience but, yeah, it was but you're 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 a big guy you can handle it but i you know some some guys on the on your team i'm not going to mention any names they shouldn't they shouldn't do that i'm just throwing it out there <laughs> some some guys on your team i wouldn't say to, to go do it but i think you can handle yourself 
Awesome. I, 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 I like to think that I could t- I could take anyone out there. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, well, you kind of look like a linebacker a little bit. I mean, you don't exactly, uh, you, know, you look like you can handle yourself. Yeah, I know. I think, um, you know, I've had a few golf coaches tell me, um, what the heck do you do playing golf? You know, you look like you should be on the football football yeah. squad yeah, they, in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they say that. But let me ask you this question. Have you wandered into the gym at all lately and seen some of the football players on the Ohio State team? You know, it's, um, you know, that, that's, it's a different breed. They are, <laughs> it's, it's, they are some of the biggest humans, you know, I've, I've ever seen. It's crazy. You're Neil, you're, you're big for a golfer. That's about it. Though. That's, that's really it. That's like saying I'm, that's like saying I'm tall enough to play basketball. No, no, not really. No, not at all. <laughs> well, get out of here, get back to, you know, capturing those uh, three doctorate degrees and the master's degree, and then, you know, shooting. Uh, shooting in the 60s on the golf course you kind of got the the world by the by the tail right now but i know you got a big schedule uh for this fall and then obviously spring is gonna be massive as well i'm glad you stopped by the back of the range always good catching up and uh we'll do it again soon yeah great to thanks for having me on it's uh great to talk to you and there you have it special thanks to neil shipley for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.